0: Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk, brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
1: Are women listened to when it comes to healthcare in Ireland? The uh, reaching for equality women's health policy document, and um, it's been published. It showed that many women don't feel that they are actually listened to. Fianna Fail Senator Lisa Chambers is with us um, in studio today. Lisa, you might just explain why this document was first drafted.
0: Yeah, so I started work on this, Andrea, last October. So it's been about 10 months putting this policy together. We are the first party in Fianna Fáil uh, to have a standalone women's health policy. Um, What prompted me to start the work is that there is a lot of uh, health areas that are... um, really related to women in particular. So unlike men, women kind of go through ups and downs throughout their life course and you have your menstrual health uh, issues maybe in your earlier years. Then you've got that whole area of reproductive health and that brings into things like fertility and surrogacy and all of that space. And then you have your menopause years as well and ageing. So there's a lot going on for women throughout what we would call their life course from when you're a young young girl to being a woman in your later years. Um, So we did two surveys two national surveys last year uh, one specifically around menopause and then one just on general healthcare and the overwhelming response that came back it was it was quite stark actually so many women said they didn't feel listened to that they felt they were often dismissed when they raised genuine health concerns that they didn 't feel as though they were an active partner in planning their own he- own health care, um, you know terms like gaslighting uh, women being told it 's all in your head when actually you 've got a serious chronic condition uh, that goes undiagnosed for many years, and endometriosis is one of those I know yeah. we 've spoken about that yeah, yeah. Um, you know women complaining of chronic pain and fatigue being told it 's a mental health issue when actually you do have a chronic condition yeah. and a disease so that that feeling of not being listened to and not being taken seriously came back really strongly in the survey um, and that then prompted us to do a lot of stakeholder engagement so we met with about 30 plus organisations and individuals across all of these issues so P- organisations like the Disability Federation of Ireland, Pave Point, Age Action, the Institute of Obs and Gynae, the Irish College of GPS, and, and lots of all organisations we felt working in this space to try and figure out what are the key areas we need to work on? Mm. What are we doing well? What can we do better? Um, and what kind of services do women need? And, and, and that was what prompted the, I suppose, the development of this policy over the last yeah. 10 months and the publication today.
1: You mentioned that and, and, and maybe that is something that I would like to hear from um, just people, like normal women, men, your experiences um, today of going to the doctor, going to a hospital, uh, meeting a medical expert and just that sense of not being listened to. If you want to talk to us or share your story with us, you can call us 1800 453 106. Um, how does this document though, or this policy, Lisa, how will it actually change anything? Yes,
0: yeah, so that's, you know, that's a fair question. And as anybody will know, particularly when it comes to budgets and funding, everything starts with a policy. So I think it's a really strong statement for us as a party in Fianna Fáil to say we have a standalone women's health policy. We are committed to ring-fence funding for women's health and it's a top priority for us. And we're acknowledging that over many decades, you know, women's health care has fallen well short of where it needs to be. Um, so policies are what inform government decisions. They're what informs budgeting. And all of the different ministers heading into budget negotiations this summer to Michael McGrath, the public expenditure minister, will be saying, here's the government policy on X. We want, we want funding to, to, to deliver this. But will it happen though? Well, it, it does happen. Um, if you look at for example the work that Stephen Donnelly has been doing in health in the last two years he published the Women's Health Action Plan flowing out of that today we have um, legislation for safe access zones we have legislation progressing through Shanna there and today for free contraception for 17 to 25 year olds that all started off as a policy And now we're getting legislation, and it's going to be funded.
1: When you say it's going to be a a, a, a policy, and you have the document there in in front of you today, I mean, I just wonder how seriously it is taken. Are you talking about perhaps a standalone, specialised minister for women's health? Like, is that is that would you go
0: that far? I, I would I believe and it's in the policy that we should have a Minister of State with responsibility for women's health to give it more focus so we have Ministers of State for, for drugs for example for older people for disability they come under the remit of health but it's a junior minister with specific focus on that area and I, I do think it warrants the junior minister for this particular area Does that Michael means, Martin support that? Uh, I haven't spoken to the theatre directly about that particular request but it is party policy and it's supported by the Fianna Fáil party this is our independent policy independent of government this is our own identity and our own policy and um, that means you have a minister that's every day it's their job to work on women's health not just as it pops up. Um, any minister in a department is dealing with lots of areas of, of expertise and responsibility but where you have somebody dedicated solely to a particular issue it means that's their job every day 24-7 and that will bring extra yeah. focus and it does result in you know development of policy, funding and delivery on the ground which we, is really important. We,
1: we talked previously on the, on the show here for weeks on end to... to um so people who suffer extremely badly and in chronic pain with endometriosis mm-hmm. and and I know that you you mentioned the the opening and the establishment of the new endometriosis the clinic um, mm-hmm. at Tala Hospital as well at the time, but I mean one of the things that always struck me and and maybe i think with callers actually coming in now on this um one of the things that always struck me, Lisa though, was that like irrespective you know it doesn't matter who's in government or what what minister is minister for health. The reality is, though, like when I go to the doctor, I go to the GP, mm-hmm. and you know, if I don't feel listened to in the doctor. Is it not something that medical, because it's not really a document for for doctors and medical experts rather than a political document.
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, medical experts and doctors have fed into this policy. So take, for example, you mentioned GPs. So the Irish College of GPs, they've been fantastic. They've worked with us all the way along on this. They actually spoke at the Women's Health Conference that I had earlier this year. And one of our key recommendations is around a life course approach to women's healthcare. that you would actually be called in on a regular basis from when you're a young girl to being, you know, becoming a woman and you get regular checkups with a focus on prevent because a lot of issues that women deal with could be prevented from happening at all or from or from progressing to becoming worse than what it needs to be. Um, so they're very much focused on getting women in early, getting women used to coming into their GP more often. Um, and, you know, a lot of these issues we're talking about, we're talking about things like fertility, about menopause, menstrual health. These were topics, you go back 10 years ago, Andrea, we didn't talk about these mm, things. Yeah. No, and we're still definitely a little bit embarrassed talking about these things. So it's trying to shake off those taboos and say to women, you know what, you don't need to just deal with this at home on your own. Your GPs want to see. they want you to come in and we're very much focused on getting people in early and preventing um, illness and and helping people to as those women to to be healthier and and to live better um, rather than coming in when you're very unwell when maybe you could have gotten help a bit sooner.
1: Jodie is with us and I'm going to come to to Jodie in in just a moment but just Lisa is there anywhere where I mean, if if I'm not happy, we'll say with my GPs um, you know, my my appointment with them, I don't feel I was listened to, taken seriously. Don't really feel I was maybe believed. Where do I
0: go with that? I mean, who do I talk to to tell them? Yeah, there isn't really a complaints mechanism. Of course, you can go to the Medical Council, but in reality, if you don't have a good relationship with your GP, people will generally move move GPs. Um, but I think very often what's happening there is maybe a lack of proper communication, even in both directions. Um, you know, women. A lot of these issues we're talking about, like infertility, but like menopause, menstrual health issues, women tend to just deal with those at home. They self-medicate, they look on Dr. Google um, and they're not getting the help when they need to. They're not asking for that help. And there is an acknowledgement from general practice as well and from GPs. And they're doing a lot of work in this space around better education their GPs around specific female health issues so I know at the ICGP they're running training courses around endometriosis for example how to spot the signs early when to know to, to refer somebody for that specialist follow on treatment because some of those symptoms that you get with endometriosis could be IBS it could be other issues so yeah. they're doing okay. a lot of work in their space to, to bring their GPs up to a, a certain level on these issues This
1: texter has gotten touch to say I stopped going to my doctor over three years ago because every time I visited the doctor he'd just sit there with the look on his face as if I was making up the complaint or was actually lying when I get sick I deal with it at home um, and I, I'm a man, this doesn't happen to just women says um, says Lan. Jody is with us on the line Jodie, did you feel listened to?
2: Um, no I. from my own GP level I felt listened to my GP personally is amazing and she always took my concerns seriously but there's only so much my GP can do for me, I need to be referred to another level I need to be referred to gynecology services and they're little non-existent um, at the minute, you know, it's very easy to say if a woman is experiencing these sort of chronic pains, chronic fatigue, you know, borderline, you know, chronic illness if it's a case of endometriosis or something like that, but when you're just left on a waiting list you know, I've been on a waiting list since October last year and no matter how much I try to contact, you know, email, phone, whatever, I'm just stuck between a rock and a hard place at the minute because, you know, it's very easy to have the idea that these things can be prevented and, you know, prevention is the key to, you know, it moving on to an extreme case of whatever it may be, like whether yeah. it goes from endometriosis or to cervical cancer or ovarian cysts. Um, you know, ideally this would be Somewhere for you to go, so this can be prevented. But in most cases, you're left until you're at your worst stages, and then you can't prevent it, and then it's a lot more difficult to treat. So, have you been seen at all, Jodie? No, no, not yet. Um, I've had ultrasounds. I managed to get ultrasound appointments, but that's before this. I've been able to get, I, and my ultrasounds have shown evidence of um, issues within my reproductive organs. But I'm still
1: just dangling and waiting to be seen too. And, you know, during this time since you, you first, you know, noticed this and, and, and you're, you're waiting to, you know, to be seen and you had your ultrasounds. I mean, have you, has your condition, are, like are you in pain day to day?
2: Oh, for sure. Like my quality of life is deeply affected by it. I and mean, there's only so many medication that my doctor can, my GP can prescribe to me. Um, you know, I'm on like Ponston and Buscapan and I take, you know, like anti-inflammatory painkillers. But it needs to be, you know, like and my doctor, like my GP has told me how, you know, stress she is on my behalf because she knows that I can't be living like this. And I do need to be seen by a specialist. But all she can do is send a referral. And after that, like, you know, I'm trying to fight my corner. I'm trying to get someone to listen to me. You know, I've been abroad for healthcare earlier this year. I went to Poland um, okay. where I was treated for pelvic um, inflammation, which did reduce the pain a little bit. But there is an underlying condition there that needs to be treated. Um, you know, I'm on a gynecology waiting list and I'm probably going to be waiting months, another few months for that. And then I'm probably going to be put on, you know, just say the gyne- the gynecologist um, suspects that endometriosis Then I'll be put on the endometriosis waiting list, which is even even longer like women are waiting seven to nine years mm-hmm. I believe for an endometriosis diagnosis yeah. so you know
1: so you you, you went to po- and, and, and so you went to Poland in, in the yeah. meantime
2: yeah to I get went to checked Poland. out yeah I started getting um, symptoms of you know whatever it is I'm dealing with right now in September last year and you know, I got a letter to say from the gynecology department here to say I've been on, I've been on I'll say the waiting list will exceed 52 weeks, which is a, a whole year. So I decided to go to Poland um, in January of this year. And, you know, while I was medicated over there for, um, you know, pelvis inflammation and other stuff, but you know, that doctor, the gynecologist over there did give me a list of things that I need to come home with that my doc like doctors at home would need to examine because it'd take a little bit longer than, you know, like my five day trip to Poland to tree. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime I've gone two ultrasounds. That's the most I've been able to get. And uh, what do
1: you do, Jodie? I mean, like, do you go back to your, your GP and your doctor and do they try and keep the pressure keep the pressure on or what you know, I, I don't know what the advice is.
2: Yeah, see, my doctor just told me that, like, all she can do is send the referral, um, and if she, no, like, she marks it as an urgent, an urgent referral, and if she sends it again, it'll just be put back down to the bottom of the list. She said, I know how frustrating it is, and it's ridiculous, it really is, but you're just going to have to fight your own corner, so I'm literally, like, day and day, trying to get in contact, trying to get my ultrasound results and my other test results and my results from Poland to be added to my referral. So hopefully it can be seen as more urgent. But, you know, I've been waiting like, what, like nine, ten months now and I still haven't heard a thing. You see, isn't, isn't,
1: uh, th- I think that's a big part of the problem, um, Senator Lisa Chambers, is when, when you listen to, to Jody, you know, and I can start now with the texts that are all coming in in front of us. Like... Whatever you know, and I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not disrespecting the the policy document, but I just wonder for people like Jodie, how will things change?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and I, and I, my heart goes out to Jodie because I, you know, I have personal experience of this, those types of issues, so I know exactly the system that she's trying to work through. Um, but you asked at the outset, why is it important to have a document like this and have a policy? You know, we're talking about it today and people are getting involved in that conversation. Policies like this put pressure on ministers to deliver certain things. And without a policy, without a commitment to do something, it doesn't really happen. This is the starting point of getting things delivered. Um, it may come as a shock to people to learn that it's only since last year, actually under Stephen Donnelly, that we had the first see and treat ambulatory gynaecology clinics, the first menopause clinic, the first specialist endometriosis clinic. We didn't have any of those until last year. So stuff is starting to happen. These clinics are starting to come on stream. So somebody like Jody should be sent straight to an ambulatory gynae clinic to be seen and treated there. One of the recommendations in this policy document that I'm launching today is to have a specialist centre of excellence for complex gynaecology issues. So we have an endometriosis unit in Tala, which mm. is fantastic. The first that we've had, and that was last year, opened. Um, but for complex, so that might deal with stage one or stage two endometriosis. Then stage three and four are your more complex cases, where you could be talking with the disease being on your bowels, your intestines up as far as your diaphragm which requires a surgery that would include more than one surgeon so these very complex places that's why people like Jody and others are travelling abroad because it can be difficult to get those surgeries here in Ireland so that is one of our key recommendations okay.
1: So and, and with that recommendation I'm thinking of Jodie and I'm as I mentioned I'm going to come to, to Neve and me to, is texting and, and other listeners as
0: well when will they actually see the benefit, though, of this? Well, right now, those ambulatory gynaecology clinics are up and running. Um, that's starting to deal with those waiting lists that Jodie was talking about. Um, the endometriosis clinic as well, that's starting to have an impact on the waiting times. But they're only open since last year, so it will take time. And it's still not enough. We still need more than that. We still need regional access. So if you're living in Mayo, for example, where I'm from, um, that you could, you know somewhere within the region you know, would be a reasonable amount of travel but expecting somebody who's in chronic pain to come to Dublin every time is a challenge as well. But so, is, is there the commitment to provide the regional centres? There is. Um, so they're looking at regional centres like the Galway, Sligo, Cork, the bigger hospitals. Um, we're talking, must be years down the line, are we? Well, we've been decades waiting for this stuff as is Andre. That's exactly the point I was making is that it's been women's healthcare has been dismissed, underfunded and not taken seriously for so, so long. We are seeing massive changes under Stephen Donnelly the last two years but, you know, he was starting from a very low base um, so we've a long way to go yet and it's. I think it's important for you know people in my position female public representatives there aren't that many of us there but it's it's on us to push these issues you know?
1: J- Jodie you're, you're still with us um, you know in, in the meantime when you're, you're waiting like how are you how are you feeling and how are you doing
2: like on a day to day basis I'd say probably 75% of my day is being in constant pain you know there's only like so much I can do at like an individual level to, you know, um self medicate or to, you know, have tens machines or hot water bottles or, you know, go into emergency departments, you know, but even when you go to the emergency department, you know, it's just you're just told like, oh, you'll need to be a specialist, you'll need to see the outpatients. Um like I hope in this policy that Lisa's talking about, she mentioned that, you know, prevention is key and you know get young women in at a young age and everything like I know there's flaws within the American healthcare system but at least with them going to the gynecologist is a routine you know a routine thing and they you know go from a young age and they're comfortable with the gynecologist and by the time they're then old enough to take in their smear test and everything they're already Mm -hmm. you know familiar with procedures that are within a a gynecology setting whereas here you know, some girls start their menstruation when they're nine, ten years of age and then they won't go near a gynecologist until they're getting their smear test when they're twenty five. So that's fifteen years maybe that this whole area of healthcare isn't being looked at. So it does need to, you know, be a regular you know, same as going if you have to the doctor if you have a sore throat or if going, you know, if you broke a bone going to get an X ray, mm. it needs to be you know, from a basic level, like recognised as an organ and a reproductive, like a whole set of bodily autonomy that needs its own area of specialised healthcare that is taken seriously, that is funded, that has information, that has yeah. widespread information.
1: It, it's incredible to hear, Jodie, you say that you 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 spent seventy five percent of the day in pain. Like, yeah, that's that's just that's just incredible. Yeah for a young woman in Ireland that you're, you know, the, the, the length of time that you're waiting. Judy, I, I hope you get seen seen to, um, you know, yeah. p- pretty soon um, by, by, by some of the medical experts out there. But listen, mind yourself and, and thank you for getting in touch with us and sharing your story with us. That's Jodie there in Dublin. Uh, this texter says, I'm waiting. It's a three year waiting list for a, the endometriosis clinic as of four weeks ago. For my daughter says uh, says this text that's in uh, another listener says I went for a full checkup with the doctor. They told me I had a problem. The doctor said I had too many symptoms. Could I just pick three? Wow. Um, another listener has got in touch to say my daughter has chronic fatigue and pain for years the doctor kept telling her it was in her head we didn't know where to turn it turned out that she'd endometriosis wasn't taken seriously if men had periods it would be taken seriously says this listener 53106 is the number if you want to share your experience with us there's other listeners getting in touch with us as well Uh, we are going to continue this conversation but um, Fianna Fáil Senator Lisa Chambers thanks a million for joining us in studio today we are also going to be talking about maintaining the current TV licence